Shalom guys, I'm Justice, welcome to my podcast. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about, well I promised to talk about Shabbat, but due to certain reasons, due to certain things, I can't talk about Shabbat now, maybe in the next couple of weeks I'm going to talk about Shabbat. This week I'm going to talk about the word Shalom, the third letter of Hebrew, Gemal. And some other stuff. The song you can the song you currently hear in the background is by Kim Walker Smith, "Not Afraid," from Jesus Culture's album from last year. It's a great song, one of my favorites. You should try listening to it some other time. So my weekend. <laughs> well, this weekend was quite tough. Well, yeah, relatively tough. Work, work was tough. Then to the sports, Ashley Barty won the Miami Open for the females, for the ladies. Yeah, Wimbledon would like to see ladies. And Roger Federer claimed his 101st title on tour well i'm not the biggest fan of roger i'm actually an adult fan you, should, you can tell by now but it was great seeing the big fed win another trophy to add to his collection especially now that we are entering a clay court season where everyone knows rafa nadal is going to dominate it's good to have some points you know some points up your sleeves because when it gets to the clay court season everyone talks about one man Rafa Nadal and now we are in the clay court season and we'll soon have a we'll soon have the third Masters 1000 in Monte Carlo which was which was won by Rafa last year and the year before and the year before he has 11 titles in Monaco he has 11 titles in Barcelona the central court in Barcelona is actually named Rafa Nadal court yes He's the only active player on tour who has a stadium named after him. And he's going for his 12th title at Roland Garros. So, the next couple of weeks, even months, is going to be really fun. Especially with Rafa Nadal fully fit and hitting, the, and hitting some, balls, some balls on the tier by two. I've actually bought a lot of data to watch Rafa on the clay because... Watching Rafael Clay is so graceful. It's like watching Roger on the grass. At this time, it's a better and stronger version of Roger. Roger barely sweats, but watching Rafael Clay is sublime. His slides alone wins him the, wins him the match. And so, oh, well, it wins him some points. Then the set. Then the match. So, that's for the tennis. And in the football, Liverpool won. Yes, yes, it was a great game against Tottenham at Anfield. We we struggled a bit in the second half, completely dominated the first half. Then scored a goal by Bobby Firmino. Nice cross from the left by Andy Robertson. Nice header by Bobby. Then the cops started singing his song. Yes, you should hear his song sometime. Then Tottenham pulled the goal back in the second half, then had a glorious chance to make it 2-0, sorry, 2-1. 
Sissoko, I don't know, was he scared of Van Dyke? But good defender from Van Dyke. Then we had uh, <laughs> Lady Luck. Well, I don't really believe in luck. Lady Luck visited us at Hanfield again. And this time we had a no-go. At the 90th minute, you should have seen me scream. Shh. I was in front of my pastor's office. And I screamed, but no one paid attention to me because they didn't know what I was doing. Well, yeah. So that was it. Liverpool won 2-1. And we are on top of the league. Having played a game more than Manchester City, who are two points behind. So we are hoping they at least draw. Sorry, they lose or draw. <laughs> well, that's what we hope for. So that was basically it for my weekend. I came back home, watched a funny series, then left my 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 night off, then slept, did some other things, then slept. That was basically my weekend. So now let's get to let's get into serious matters. So we are going to talk about the word shalom. If you notice that I open this podcast and end this podcast with the word shalom. But what does shalom what does shalom mean? Some people like to say shalom because well ha, the word is pronounced shalom. In Hebrew there is no or sound. We we in this part of the world say shalom because of the way we were raised and we have words being pronounced with the o sound but in hebrew there is no o sound per se it's an o sound so it's pronounced shalom so what does shalom mean so if you feel uncomfortable or if you think i'm some alien saying the word shalom well you have to get used to it because in this podcast i'm going to say shalom so what does shalom mean well in modern hebrew shalom means hello means goodbye yes that's what shalom means in modern hebrew but in biblical hebrew you know most of the words in in modern hebrew were picked up from biblical hebrew and some slight alterations were made i met a jewish woman once in in accra sorry in Isligon. And she had a necklace written in Hebrew. So I asked her, I was curious. So I asked her, was she Jewish? And she said, yes, she's Jewish. And that I was the second person to have identified the inscription on her necklace. I felt very, very proud. I was able to read the inscription. I was able to read it. And, well, she was glad I read it. I felt really, really proud of myself that day. (laughs) You should have seen me. So the song playing in the background is Ose Shalom. Ose Shalom is a song. It's actually, it's actually a prayer in the Amida. I think it's the last portion of the Amida. And in Hebrew it reads Ose Shalom Bimrumav Huyase Shalom Aleinu Veyako Israel Veimru Amen. What it means is May the one who makes peace in the heavens make peace for us all. For us and all the people of Israel. That's what it means. So it's a song. It's a prayer which has been made into a song. Most of their prayers are songs. Most psalms are songs. Well, yeah, they are songs. (laughs) So what does shalom mean? So let's begin. 
this short word study before we get into the our Aleph Bet for today. Shalom is from as you already know, most all Hebrew words have a root. The root for the word shalom is shalem. Shalem. Or in some cases, shalom. One is a verb and the other is a noun. I don't remember which one is the verb and which is the noun, but well, let's proceed. And it means complete or wholeness. You should hear the kids sing, oh, say shalom. Listen for a while and we'll continue with our study. you are wondering I love music <laughs> those of you who seem to know me quite a bit will notice that I always have ear pl- headsets inserted most of the time well six times out of ten I'll be listening to music for the other four I'll be listening to radio mostly the BBC World Service so let's proceed I said that the word Shalom is from the word Shalom or shalem and it means complete or wholeness the whole picture okay what the word shalem brings to mind is a wall a perfect wall without cracks that's what shalem brings to mind you can see that in joshua 8 verse 31 where the stone wall okay said to be in a state of shalom avanim shlemot complete a perfect altar and yeah we read in the construction of the temple that the stones the stones were not supposed to be cut the stones were the stones there that were in a state of shalom they were complete no cracks that is the picture of shalom and yeah we read also in job in job's book sorry in the book of job written by moshe that Job's tents were whole because nothing was missing. His tents were in a state of shalom because nothing was missing. He he hadn't lost any livestock or anything precious. So shalom also denotes a state of having everything intact, not losing anything. So if you have nothing missing, you are in a state of shalom. It also denotes well-being. In modern Hebrew, for instance, if you want to ask someone, how are you, in quotes, you say, mashlomech. That is for for a lady. If you want to ask a guy, how are you, you say, mashlomcha. Yes, that's how are you in Hebrew. It literally means, what is your peace? Or how is your peace? How complete are you? That is what it means. And we reply, Ani Beseder, which means, I am in order. That is why it literally means, Seder, or, yes, Seder, means order. 
you should know the said there by now. That's actually how it's pronounced in Hebrew. In English, they like to say the Pesach is coming soon. Oh yes, that which reminds me. After I've talked about the letter Gemal, I'll talk about Nissan because Nissan. I'll talk a little about Nissan. Nissan begins on Shab on Friday after sunset. That's a Shabbat, and that is significant because Nissan. Okay, we'll get there and yes i've talked about well-being used so shalom is used to is used to address someone's well-being when any of your pieces goes out of alignment you have lost your sense of shalom you've lost your sense of completeness to bring shalom means to make complete or to restore so we see solomon bringing shalom to the temple to make the to make complete the building that is in first kings chapter 9 verse 25 then whenever we read in the torah okay <laughs> let me play some paul wilbur songs so this is paul wilbur paul wilbur is a messianic jewish singer when i say messianic jewish it means he is jewish okay but believes jesus is the messiah this is physical wise you you know that in the british hadasha in the british hadasha we we are we are jews in the heart because we are a messiah we are in mashiach we are in christ but physically messianic jews are physically jews well we'll talk about that some other time basically if you want to be to be classified as Jewish, your mother should be Jewish. You should have a Jewish mother, or both parents, both parents or your mother should be Jewish. That's how you are known as Jewish. And for males, you are supposed to have been circumcised on the eighth day. <laughs> that is funny. Yes. So Paoba is Jewish, but a Messianic Jewish, but a Messianic Jew. He is Jewish physically but believes jesus is the messiah there are other sects of judaism there are conservative jews in the conservative jewish community there are hasidic jews and there's another sect i've forgotten their name but those two are related and share common values and they are reformed jews the reformed jews are they have brought left-wing ideas when i say left-wing here i'm not being very very political i'm just trying to see if incorporate a lot of liberal things like accepting a lot of well liberal thoughts i don't want to make i don't want to mention examples but i can google liberal liberalism online and read more reform jews have added a lot of things to judaism and disclaimer i'm not jewish okay <laughs> jewish in the heart but physically i am an ashanti <laughs> an ashanti with a huge ashanti name that makes me very ashanti i just know these things because i read a lot and follow them a lot so let's get back to what we were saying about shalom so in the torah we read in shmot or in the book of exodus that when an animal goes to destroy someone's crops the owner of the animal was supposed to make payment and that payment that complete payment in hebrew 
the word there, if you read the if you read those scriptures in Hebrew, you realize that the word they used was Yeshalem, which means he shall restore. So in a state of shalom, you are being restored. Okay, that is in Exodus 22 4. And reconciliation and bringing healing to a relationship is to bring shalom to that relationship you can read that in proverbs 16 verse 7 so you can listen to the podcast over and over again to get a hold of all that i'm saying in in a greek through the septuagint the septuagint is is the hebrew bible written in greek so most of the greek words in the new testament can be traced back to the hebrew old testament through the septuagint so if you use a septuagint to look up the word shalom for its greek equivalent you realize that the word is erene my greek is really 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 terrible okay i i plan on mastering greek after i have mastered hebrew and that should take me like for now i claim okay i claim to know 0.25 percent of hebrew so in the next three to five years i should have mastered hebrew at this rate and the song you can hear in the background is a song which reminds me of one of the holidays on the jewish calendar that is tuba av the 15th of av it's said to be the most romantic day on the jewish calendar on that day there was it said that it said in the talmud that under the full moon on the 15th of that month so it's a full moon so on the 15th of Av, women the women of jerusalem would dance in circles presenting themselves to the single man it's more or less like saying hey i'm available come and take me <laughs> i like that that's what this song reminds me roni roni bation yes like that it goes like that <laughs> It's, 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 well, these days they call it the Jewish Valentine. <laughs> well, I hope we have that in Ghana for us, for some of us to be able to grab. <laughs> so, back to the Septuagint. Yes. So, in the Septuagint, the word shalom is, is, the Greek word through the Septuagint for the word shalom is erene. I can't spell it in Hebrew. Sorry, I can't spell it in Greek because I've, not mastered Greek yet. So wherever you see a reigning in your Greek Bible, you can refer back to Shalom, okay, in your Hebrew in your Hebrew. So the arrival of peace. Read about that in Isaiah 9, verse 5 to 6, where that scripture is very popular. But sadly, I don't have it in memory. Because I'm really terrible at memorizing stuff. Wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, that scripture. I'm really, really terrible. I always struggled in school to memorize stuff. I had to fully understand it before it sticks in my head. Else I'm toast. So those of you who think I'm a smart guy, I'm not that smart. So Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our shalom. He's our reine. And we have been called, okay, as as believers of him. As, sorry, as his disciples, as his followers, to to extend that peace, to extend that shalom. So true peace is taking that which is broken and restoring it to wholeness. For a moment, I was broken, 
Well, I'm still being restored. All I needed to do was accept that shalom. And gradually, I'm becoming whole. My broken heart is gradually becoming whole again. And I say broken heart, I'm not talking about the obvious one. I have gone through a lot. From sicknesses to betrayals to mistrust. A lot. But I've decided to give myself into the shalom of God. To be fully, to be fully made whole again. So... Let's get a little mystical. Shalom in Hebrew is spelled Shin Lamed Vav Mem. And Shin is the picture of a fire, anything that consumes. Lamed is a shepherd's staff, which, which is a symbol of authority. Vav is a hook. And Mem is water. And water, as you know, it is neutral. In this case, it means chaos so shalom is to a mystic it means destroying the power destroying the authority that holds chaos and that is that can only be done in mashiach in christ in messiah so the next time you say the word shalom to another remember you are not just asking that there not be any strife in that person's life you are asking that they have everything they need they have everything that they need to be whole and complete that is what you should be conscious of whenever you greet someone shalom i know a lot of people greet others with the word shalom but do not have the understanding of what they say they say it because everyone says it and i'm not of that order i want to know what i say i want to know what i do before i do or say it that is me i don't want to do something because everyone does it i do it because i have the understanding else i wouldn't do it so there are certain songs people sing i don't sing because i don't understand what they are trying to say till i understand it i wouldn't sing it i wouldn't follow the rhythm of the song i need to understand what they are saying before i'd accept and sing that is me that is my own personal thing strong so this is my favorite part of this song. He named That is in he's going to they are going to sing it soon. That is in Psalm 133, verse 1. When it gets there, you know. So now they are going to sing it. He That is Psalm 133, verse 1. You are going to sing it. I hope you can all hear. One thing I realized about the Jewish people is they like saying lie, 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 lie. I have to ask someone. <laughs> so what that means is behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. That is in Psalm 133 verse 1. So you've learned some little Hebrew. So you can take your Bible and read some Hebrew. <laughs> so yes, 
like I said, it means shalom also means hello, it means goodbye. So he gives us the power, that is Mashiach, gives us the power to say goodbye to our sins and the old life. When he said, follow me, the first thing they had to do was to say shalom in reference to the to his disciples. They were to say shalom to their old way of life. It is only after we have decided to say shalom to the old that, can, that we can embrace completeness and wholeness. I said this beforehand. You need to accept it. You need to say goodbye to the old and accept the new and embrace it. So I bring my short lecture on shalom to an end here. I hope you gain you you really understood what I was trying to share about shalom. Now let's move to our next segment. Before that, let me take a sip of water. Yes, water is Mayim in Hebrew. Some other time I'll talk about water and why I love water in Hebrew. So let's proceed. The letter Gimel. So for for a few weeks now, three weeks, right? Yeah. For a few weeks now, we've been talking about Tiru. We did the introduction and talked about Aleph and Bet. Now let me chip in something. Something you find very, very, very interesting. When you read the Torah in Genesis 1 verse 14, you read that God made the sun, the moon, and the stars. And those were signs, okay? They were to be for they were to be for signs and for seasons. The word for signs there is oat, spelled Aleph Vav Tav. In other instances, in other portions of scripture, it's spelled Aleph Tav. And we talked about Aleph Tav in I think the episode on introduction to Hebrew maybe yes so oat Aleph this time is oat Aleph Vav Tav oat sign okay that word means sign and that word oat is the word for an Aleph bet interesting so all the communication here is the communication here is that the Aleph bets are signs and on earth there is no language like Hebrew. The way the language is patterned and learnt and studied, it's different from other languages. Like I said in previous posts, words are made of words and the words are also made of words. So you need every letter in itself is a word, is something worth comprehending. The only language on earth which is similar to Hebrew is the chemical language, your periodic table. That is the only thing you can compare with Hebrew because on a periodic table, you get salt, you get common salt by adding sodium and chlorine, Na and Cl. Na on itself, on itself is a metal, it's something worth studying. And then you get chlorine which is a gas. Another subject worth studying and researching into. So when you add those two, you get another thing made of two different things. That is how Hebrew is. 
very 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 deep language there's no other language on earth like hebrew so let's get to the letter game so in previous posts we talked about how to analyze hebrew words and i said that you need to know the shape of the letter you need to know the name of the letter you need to know the numerical value of the letter you need to know the first time the letter appears in the torah as the root of a word so gimel gimel the pictogram of gimel is a camel yes that's the pictogram and the word for camel is gamal and it also begins with the letter gimel spelled the same way gimel is spelled that is gimel mem lamed and the word for yes i said gamal means to be lifted up so gamal is the picture of being lifted up that is the letter gamal the root so 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 it speaks of elevation it is interesting to know that most of the words for for the word pride in hebrew okay they all begin with they all begin with the letter gamal because pride in itself is kind of sort of like lifting yourself up and feeling you are above others that is the communication that is the communication pride gives okay that's what that's what pride expresses that he's above you so words like ge that is one word for pride it means to lift up one strength and to exalt So other words used for pride include gaon, goba, geve, sorry geva, gaava. Another word they all mean pride. They all begin with gemo. So the point here is, gemo speaks of an elevation. Okay, an elevation. In modern Hebrew, in, in the present dispensation of the way the letters are written gimel looks like a high heel shoe or a foot so if you look at gimel you you would think it's a high heel shoe a nice shoe by a nice shoe a lady is wearing well ladies these days wear a lot of nice shoes <laughs> on sundays the only thing i look out for okay i'm not going to say that one <laughs> scratch that so as a foot, the letter Gimel is a letter of progression. It is taught by the Jewish sages that the letter Gimel is formed from two letters, Vav and Yud. Vav which, Vav, which has a numerical value of six, represents man, while Yud represents the foot. That's what they say. So the Talmud teaches that the first two alphabets, Aleph, Bet, sorry, Aleph and Bet, means to learn wisdom. That's what it says in the Talmud. It also teaches that the letter Gimel symbolizes a rich man. A rich, it symbolizes a rich man running after a poor man. That is the letter Dalit. When we get there, we'll talk about that one. So it symbolizes a rich man running after a poor man to give him charity. That is the letter He. That is what they say. I find it very, 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 very interesting. That is when I read mystical texts. It's, it's one of the fascinating subjects I... I have heard from them. 
And the next song you've probably heard of right here on this podcast is Baruch HaBabeshem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So you've learned another Hebrew sentence. Baruch HaBabeshem Adonai. Psalm 118 and also in Matthew and Luke's Gospels. So let's proceed. The word in Hebrew for a garden is the word gan, okay? And it's made up of two letters, gimel and nun, as discussed in, as I've, yes, we've, I think I've talked about nun before. Nun symbolizes life and it's, and this pictogram is like a sperm, it's just a seed. And it means, and it means continuation, and it means life. So, like I was, like I said also, gimel, Gimel means to be lifted up. So adding the two gan garden. Garden is spelled gan gimel nun in Hebrew. So gan combining the two letters gan here means that's a garden. It means lifting up life. Lifting up life. The Garden of Eden, for instance, was supposed to be the temple exuding the fullness of the life of God to Adam the woman and the rest of creation so the temp sorry the garden when you read when you read mid, um, the mid, when you read midrashim when you read some midrash you would know that the garden was a place of well yes one midrash calls it paradise and i think if you use the septuagint to look at look up some words in the greek for garden you'd realize that the garden is paradise now that is for your own research <laughs> the word in hebrew for the verb redeem is ga'al and it's made up of the letters gemal aleph and lamed combining aleph and lamed brings out the name of god l i think we talked about l in the letter aleph yes you can go back and listen to that episode so you know more to redeem one to redeem oneself in hebrew means to lift up god and acknowledge his authority over all things the king's man a king's man redeemer in hebrew is a word goel goel spelled gemo aleph lamed like gaal which is also spelled like i said gemo aleph lamed a king's man redeemer was a male relative who had the privilege or responsibility to act to act on behalf of a relative who was in trouble danger or need in the book of Ruth the book of Ruth is also a Megillah some other time we'll talk about that Boaz was the king's man redeemer of Ruth and Naomi the Lord is the ultimate redeemer of mankind and it is clearly said in the most popular verse of scripture john 3 16 for god to love the world and dearly prize the world that he that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in trusts in clings to relies on him shall not perish come to destruction be lost but have eternal everlasting life so funny fact the midrash tells us that 
Boaz was 80 years whilst Ruth was 40 years when they got married. That's for food. That's for your own. <laughs> that is to play with your mind a little. So the first time the letter Gilmore appears in scriptures in the is in the first book of the Bible. That is Bereshit, Sefer Bereshit, the book of Bereshit, so the book of Genesis. And we read that in Genesis 1:16. Well, interestingly, I think I talked about that. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. That's in Genesis 1.16. There's a funny story in a Midrash about how the moon became the small, the lesser light, and the sun became the greater light. It's a funny story, okay? It's just by the way. So the so the Midrash tells us, that particular Midrash tells us that the two were equal initially. But the moon decided to play some backbiting behind the sun. So he went to tell, so the moon went to tell God to make him the greater. But God saw through him and decided to punish him. So he made the sun the larger, the greater light, and he made the moon the lesser light. But in compensation to the moon, he told him, that the moon will be used to reference time and will be used to reference Israel. That is what the Midrash says. I'm not saying believe in it. I find it fascinating. That's how I know it. There are lots of things I do not believe in, but know it, know them. Yeah, I know a lot. <laughs> now that I'm bragging. So let's proceed. The word for great in that scripture, okay, is the word gadol. Gadol. Gadol is a very, very popular Hebrew word. Very, very, very popular. It means great. The letter Gemal can thus be said to be the letter expressing the greatness of God. The might of God can be expressed with the letter Gemal as the word for might. In Hebrew is Gibor, El Gibor, the mighty one. The great and mighty one who brings about true redemption is jesus the messiah remember everything is about the messiah everything is about messiah everything is about mashiach so the numerical value interestingly we are in the third day because the day begins the jewish calendar begins it begins in the evening so we are currently in the third day the numerical value of the numerical value of Gimel is three. The numerical value of Gimel is three. And fun fact, on the third day of all the days of creation, the third day holds special significance because it was on the third day that God said, God saw that it was twice, it was good twice. In Hebrew, we say pa'amayim kitov. Pa'amayim kitov. Twice it was good. Twice it was good. So Tuesdays are particularly good days. When I started learning Hebrew and discovered that I decided to do certain things on Tuesdays, but due to certain reasons beyond my control currently, I I don't do that. Well, actually, I used to fast. But currently, due to certain reasons, I can't really fast. Um, well, I'm not allowed to fast. Now I feel loads better. But, well, safety first. So, Paul Oba is going to say something. 
Matovu uman sorry. Matovu halecha Yaakov mishkenotika Israel. That is Numbers twenty-four verse five. Let's listen to him as he sings it. So I love these words very much. How goodly are thy ten so Jacob, thy tabernacles, O Israel. How goodly tov. When we get to the letter theta, I'm going to talk a lot, a, a lot about tov, including a funny story in a Talmud about a man known as Nochum Ishgamzu. Well, you see me post on my status a lot about Nochum Ishgamzu. Narrated by Rabbi Aaron Raskin of Chabad. Yes, he's a Chabad rabbi. So let's proceed. Now the numerical value. So I've talked about Tuesday, how Tuesdays are special. So, yes, twice was good. So Tuesdays are days of double goodness. So if you are very spiritual, you can... Well, see God's face for double goodness on that day. That's if you feel very spiritual. So let's proceed. So three is the number of divine fullness, completeness, and stability. Interestingly, I didn't even cross my mind to talk about shalom, but well, yes, so three. So it is said that the most stable shape on earth is a triangle. There's food for thought. Only so scripture here, only on the testimony of two or three witnesses shall a charge be established. That's in Deuteronomy 19 verse 15 it is said that of all the two-dimensional shapes the triangle which has three shapes is the strongest the godhead is made of the father the son and the spirit in john's books he described that there are three things that bear witness in heaven and another three that bear witness on earth this scripture interestingly isn't in the bible of jehovah's witnesses i find it very very curious I asked my one of my Jehovah's Witnesses friends to explain, but he said all he said was originally wasn't there. I'd like to research more on that sometime. So that scripture reads There are three witnesses in heaven, the Father, the Word and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one, and there are three witnesses on earth, the spirit, the water and the blood, and these three agree are in unison, their testimony concise. One, I got a funny revelation out of this scripture, okay, on in heaven three things, and I related it to the tabernacle or the temple. I, I, aside my obsession with time, I love studies concerning the Mishkan, and the tab and the Mishkan is the tabernacle and the temple. So, on earth, it says three witnesses, okay the blood the water and the spirit and in heaven he has th there are three witnesses father word and the spirit holy spirit so i take the common factor i take the common factor that is the spirit out and i'm left with the father word the water and blood interestingly okay in the outer court there 
on the outer court we deal with blood and water that is the blood representing sacrifices the water represent the blood representing the what's that furniture called again the altar the brazen altar for sacrifices and water is the bronze liver where you wash yourself and then you enter the sanctuary into the holy place even to the most holy place that is where you discover the word the word you get illuminated by the word through the menorah you eat of the table of showbread and you pray even with the word and then you enter the most holy place to encounter the father himself that's the ark oh that is just food for thought it was a funny epiphany i had some time ago so yes i talked about this one on the third day of creation god said that it was good twice you can go and read that more about that in genesis 1 verse 9 to 13 of all on all the days of creation it was only the third day that received double goodness So, so it's very funny and curious how Jesus resurrected on the third day. Also, we read, we read, we read, we read in oral tradition in commentaries that the angels, okay, the angels that visited, the angels that visited Abraham after his Britmila, after his circumcision, they visited him after the third day. They visited him three days after he was circumcised. I find. The third day, very, very curious in my studies. That's for another time. <laughs> I have a lot to tell you. It's taught in Jewish mysticism that there are three fundamental elements of creation and they are fire, air, and water. These three elements point to the three mother letters, which, yes, I talked about. I think I did. Shin, Aleph, Mem. And also in mysticism, we are taught that there are three fundamental elements. There are three fundamental parts of our body, the head region, the chest region, and the abdominal regions. That's in Jewish mysticism. Yes, and then comes the temple or the temple stroke, stroke, the temple stroke, the tabernacle. They have three divisions, the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. Interestingly, the, the Old Testament also has three divisions. The Old Testament is called the Tanakh. And Tanakh is an acronym, okay? It stands for Torah, Nevi'im, and Ketuvim. Nevi'im is, means prophets. Ketuvim means writings. So, the Torah, the first five books of here, the Torah means the first five books of Moses. And the writings, sorry, the prophets begin with Joshua. Daniel isn't part of the prophets. It's part of the writings. So, the prophets are the prophets, you know, including including joshua and excluding daniel and all the other books you find there are part of the writings daniel is in there and yes the other ones too and there are three great feasts okay so so we'll learn about the feasts of the lord some other time of the seven feasts sorry of all of the seven feasts or festivals three are considered feasts the others are not feasts so the feasts are Pesach that is Passover 
and Shavuot, which is weeks or Pentecost, and Tabernacle, Sukkot. So on these three feasts, in biblical times, the men in Jerusalem were mandated to go. They were mandated to visit the temple, and in so doing, as they climbed the hills of Jerusalem, they sang songs, songs of songs of of ascent. So if you read your Bible, some psalms are called the psalms of ascent. So they said those psalms whenever they climbed the mountains of Jerusalem. Think from this from Psalm one twenty to one thirty. I'm not so sure, but I know Psalm one twenty and one twenty one are Psalms of Ascent. You can read more and find out which ones are Psalms of Ascent, and you can write those ones in the comment section below as you listen to the podcast. Yes, so those three feasts are pilgrimage feasts. So at this moment, I like to bring my little presentation on the letter game i know i know there's more to talk about concerning the letter game but i think you have learned something through this little this little presentation on the letter game so what more did i want to talk about so lastly i'd like to end with the month of nisan so the month of nisan if you listen to the calendar episode is the first month according to Torah and the month of Nisan begins on Friday at after sunset so that's the first month of the new year according to Torah and if and Nisan is spelled Nun Samach Yud Nun so the words Nun Samach spell the word Nis and it means miracle okay Nun Samach Yud spell the word Nisi. Okay, Nes doesn't just mean miracle, it means banner. So Nun Samach Yud spell the word Nisi as in Yahweh Nisi or Adonai Nisi. The Lord is my banner. It also means the Lord is my miracle. That's the whole month of Nisan is a month of miracles and it's in that month that the Israelites left Egypt, left Pharaoh's oppression. So let's know what happened, other historical facts concerning the month of Nisan. I think I posted this on my Facebook page. And by the way, my Facebook page is Mayim Chaim or Mayim Chaim. Mayim, M-A-Y-I-M Chaim or Chaim or Haim, C H A Y I M. You can search for it on Facebook and like the page, and you can subscribe to this podcast as well. Um, on other platforms like Stitcher, Pocket Cast, you can subscribe to the podcast. So Nissan, the month of, in the month of Nissan, Cain and Abel, according to tradition, Cain and Abel presented the oblations to God. It's also in that month that Abraham met Melchizedek after the king after the battle with the four kings, and it's also in this month that God gave Israel their first mitzvah. That is their first commandment. That and that first commandment is the calendar, and it was in this month that the Passover lamb was slaughtered. The firstborn Egyptians were killed. 
the Israelites left Egypt, the Israelites got into their no, it wasn't in that month. Sorry, the tradition says it was in the month of Er. It was in this month, on actually on the first day that the tabernacle was dedicated to God. It was also in this month that Ruth and Naomi entered Bethlehem. And it was in this month that Haman dies, the villain in the story of Purim. <laughs> the villain in the story of Purim died. Yes, he died a little before Passover, a little or He died around Passover. Yes, he died around Passover. It was also in this month that Yeshua, our Messiah, was killed and he resurrected. So let's proceed. What more happened? It was also in this month that kings used to go for war. It's in this month that barley is harvested. And I think it was also in this month that Joshua and the Israelites crossed the Jordan River with the ark. So this month is full of miracles. And the tribe for this month is Judah. There are 12 months of the year, and each tribe has its own month. And the animal for this month is lion. And yes, the symbol of the tribe of Judah was lion. And each of, and remember, there are 12 stones on the breastplate of the high priest, and each stone also corresponds to a month, as it corresponds to a tribe. So, I'm giving you an assignment. Go and look for the stone for the month of Nisan. And the constellation is Iris. And the, the letter, the Hebrew letter for this month is Hey, Hey, the letter Hey. So, the song playing now is Wonderful One by Paul Goba. I'd like to sign off with one of my all time favorites New Wine. Let me fall. So listen to my favorite part as Brooke Liggett would sings and as I bring this episode to an end. So, I bring this week's episode to a close here. Do enjoy your week and I'll see you next week. Shalom. Enjoy new wine. And the kingdom is seen.